Yosemite Troy rushes here. And everybody back to try to knock one down. Three-man rush. Chase going to step up in the pocket. Sets. Throws. High into the air. It's up for grabs. It is. Juggle. Welcome to another episode of the Student Manager. It's Fonger News. Joining me from Winston-Salem, play-by-play announcer for Appalachian State Mountaineers, Adam Witten, not only alum from App State, graduated in 2004, but Adam, I just had to play that again because listening to that, I have, I have goosebumps. And then just watching your reaction... I mean, that had been, uh, you could tell me, but the greatest memory, I mean, it's a short-lived memory, but since you've been a play-by-play announcer for App, uh, Appalachian State. Yeah. Well, Michael, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I do have to do one short piece of housekeeping, uh, but I don't blame you because of, of where you're located all the way on the West Coast, uh, Appalachian State instead of Appalachian State. So I, I do apologize for having to get that out of the way, but uh, you know, I, I would not be doing my job as a, as a quote unquote ambassador of the program <laughs> if I didn't do that. So yeah, I mean, that was certainly one of the most unexpected moments. I mean, you can you can tell by the way that we reacted <laughs> and the the nonsensical screaming of the call, but I think just. That plus everything that happened over the next 48 hours was definitely the most memorable moment of my professional career because to, to see that, to, to go viral, like I, I'd never experienced what it, what it meant to go viral. And so, uh, yeah, for, for that to happen and to, to, for, to see the call on sports center and all across social media to hear from people that I hadn't heard from in decades that happened to come across it and see my name. I think that combined with the moment just made that something that I don't know if it'll ever be topped in terms of just professional highlights. Those calls are great. And you really don't know what you're going to say, right? I mean, it's fourth down and 10 and you could just kind of start out by when you were saying, okay, Chase is back to pass and it's high (laughs) in the air. Were you thinking, all right, we're going to lose or, or I mean, just as an announcer, and then it bounces off of the one arm and then in the Christian Horns arm and he runs in for a touchdown. And then I don't even know what you're saying. You're just as an announcer, right? Even when I sometimes sit on the scores tables or I'm in there for the media, you're not supposed to show any reaction. You're not supposed to show your, your affiliation, but I yeah. guess all the rules were broken then. Yeah. No, no cheering in the press box usually, but Hey, in the, in the radio booth, all, all bets are off. We're, we're kind of in our own little bubble in there, I guess. But yeah, you know, it, I think, what was surprising about it is, you know, in that moment, I, you know, I said balls high in the air. And if you look back like that ball was thrown really high. And so I think as I was watching that, I started to see the trajectory of the ball. You know, we had the ball at the 47 yard line and our quarterback, you know, he stepped up to the point where he threw it close to the line of scrimmage. So he's probably throwing the ball about 55 yards or something like that to get to the end zone, but he throws the ball so high and I see the trajectory and then I see where everybody's piling together and it's at like the five yard line. And so when that happens, I'm thinking, I didn't say it, but I'm, I'm definitely thinking, Oh, it's not going to get there. 
you know, it's not it's not going to make it to the end zone. And so you're already you you already have just a sliver of hope in that moment. And then when you see the ball is not even going to reach the end zone, even that starts to fade away. And so you're, you're kind of almost expecting it have no chance of working. So then just for the ball to be deflected and caught, you think, well, going to happen. It's got to be in the end zone. Certainly you can't catch it and then run another five to 10 yards to do so. So I think just so many things about that play were so surprising and not just the the result of it, everything that transpired during the play itself. And, you know, me and and, and my analyst are both going crazy and, and we're both jumping and cheering. And all I'm really trying to say is something to the effect of, they pulled it off. It's a touchdown. And and so you can kind of hear <laughs> faint uh, screaming of it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown, you know, and, and without necessarily trying to explain everything that happened in the moment, because we'll go back after that and say, OK, here's here's what happened in that play. Right. Here's actually became a touchdown. But I think what we were trying to just get across there at that moment was letting people know they just scored. We won the game. Like that's the the important parts of that. (laughs) Absolutely. And that will go down as uh, here I am in my young fifties. I remember Cal Stanford. I remember the Doug Flutie, or I remember when Georgia and Auburn, that plays those Hail Mary plays that you'll always remember. So congratulations on that. But we're here to talk Mountaineers. Uh, It's been a school that I've been talking about to my son, um, obviously, my head coach, Joe Harrington uh, from Long Beach State, has two kids there. And even after that uh, Troy State victory, he was sending me pictures of all the kids partying down in the streets and App State. I, I mean, the Mountaineer, someone from Southern California, most of my listeners are predominantly Southern California. But let's talk about because people don't even know where App State is. It's in Boone, North Carolina, population of about 20,000. Black and gold, I think it's black and gold, black and yellow, but I, I just love, I've seen the games on TV against Coastal Carolina, I think it was last year, a couple years ago against Marshall. The atmosphere at Kid Brewer Stadium, other known as The Rock, is just amazing. And that's what sometimes kids look for. So high level, I mean, you were a student and now you are the play-by-play announcer. So you've seen a lot of transition. Let's talk about App State. So high level, if I just run into you in the elevator, like, Adam, why App State? Yeah, great question. Whew. That's. I uh, hope this is a long elevator ride because it's uh, it's <laughs> it's it's hard to describe in a, in a short amount of time. But you know, App State is well. First of all, the reason why I decided to go there was just because of how much different it was from where I grew up. I grew up in the state of Florida on the Gulf Coast, which you know, thankfully, my my family and everybody has gotten out of there before yes. Hurricane Ian hit because we're we're from the Sarasota area, which that and Tampa and everybody on, on the Gulf of Mexico, like that's a scary, scary thing. That's where I grew up, and I spent pretty much my entire life there until college. And the reason why I chose App State is because it provided so many things that were just different and unique about where I grew up. You know, it had curved roads, and it had ele- elevation, and it had seasons and snow, and you know. The thing that that college game day really did when they came on the same day as the Troy game, which is when we had the Hail Mary, is they did a good job really showcasing the town of Boone, the community and the campus and not just the football program, which is outstanding. But it but it really put under the microscope why Boone is such an attractive place for so many different people. It is diverse. You know, they're not they're not just a bunch of hippies kicking the hacky sack around. 
um, all day. That's that's kind of the stereotype of people that go to a place in the Western North Carolina mountains. It's so much more than that. It has so much more of a diverse population. No matter what you enjoy, you you can find it in Boone. There's so many outdoor activities to do. There's hiking. There's skiing. There's lakes. There's mountains. There's, you know, you're you're close. You're not in a big city, but you're a, a short drive away from big cities like like Charlotte and Raleigh. Um, you know, it's 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 got. Um, rock climbing and it's got golf and it's got other sports and it's got tremendous campus life, beauty, scenery, you know, it, it never gets too hot in the summer. So you can stand to be outdoors for more than 30 minutes. There's so many different things, but I, when we ask alums of, of the program, when we do radio shows or podcasts or things like that, the thing that everybody mentions first is the people. It app does a, such a great job of creating just this family environment um, because what people tend to find out is you just don't you really don't quite grasp the the attractiveness of it until you actually go there and the culture and the people and the family atmosphere just kind of pulls you in and, and you just become a part of it I mean I've got lifelong friends that I went to school with and I went to school not knowing a single soul. Um, because of where I came from, and and I made friends quickly because everyone just just kind of had this this same approach to their 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 being personable with people and their social skills and and the way that they just tried to invite people in and and just be kind to one another. So the people, the geography, the versatility of things that you can do, and then oh yeah, by the way, we've got this amazing football program that is that is kind of this huge event that people can enjoy like we've got this big time football feel you know yeah it's not going to have 80 or 90 or 100,000 people in the stadium but the place is jam packed and it's loud and it's an event and there's there's big time tailgating and it feels like big time college football and we win a lot of football games so it it provi- it checks so many boxes michael for people that just want to have so many different things out of their college experience you nailed it on the dot. You win a lot of football games. I mean, you're in the ranks of the six most wins in FBS. I think it's 80 and 20 in the last 100 games, something like that. But you're behind Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, and then you all. I, I mean, people are like, wait, where are they located? And then when you say North Carolina, people think of Tobacco Road, they think of Duke, they think of UNC, they think of NC State or even Winston's or uh, Wake Forest and Winston-Salem. And I recently got back from a college road trip there. Obviously, this podcast helps high school students and parents with the search and mission process by having people such as yourself, alum, not only to mention a play-by-play announcer, talk so highly uh, of the university institution. But people ask me, why did you go to North Carolina? And I said, well, I saw nine institutions in four days. We didn't have a lot of time. And I finally got to go up to places like Elon, which I've always heard was a beautiful campus or High Point University, which my son told me, he's like, daddy, that that's not a campus. That's not a college. That's a luxury hotel, um, if you've ever been on that campus. And one, that it was just so far because we started, I believe, in Charlotte and ended in Raleigh. We couldn't get to Boone. But you're kind of a little north of all these universities. I mean, what's your take on so many universities, so diverse, small, medium, large in Carolina? When I think of your institution, Nap State, I think of maybe 
just all Carolina people applying, getting in, and not necessarily people here on the West Coast or big cities like Chicago or Florida or New York. What's that experience like on campus? Are they mostly from Carolina in-state or are you starting to build, I mean, 2.2 million people watch game day. So maybe yeah. more people start applying. It does help to win. Uh, but what, what is what is the campus feel? Is it a lot of North Carolina uh, students? Yeah. So I think when I went to school, Michael, which was 2000 to 2004, it was a, it was mostly in-state. You know, I was I was kind of an outlier being an out of state student. Now, you would get students from South Carolina and Tennessee and Virginia and all those bordering states. So, you know, there were out of state students. But, yeah, the, the, the majority of people are going to be in state. When App beat Michigan in 2007 in football, that introduced the program and the school to a nationwide audience. What game day did and what the, la- the the month of September did with the football program, that also had a similar impact. And so admissions are going, admission applications are going up, standards are getting higher, uh, the quality of education is certainly getting better, the enrollment has gone up, it was 12,500 when I started school, now it's 20,000. So the campus and and the the student body just continues to, to swell. And so now you're getting more applicants and, and higher quality applicants from all around the country. Um, I don't know the statistics right now in terms of in-state versus out-of-state, but it is certainly uh, it is certainly tilted a little bit more since since when I went to school. I always joke, with, and a lot of my friends do as well, that we probably would have a pretty small chance of getting into Appalachian if we tried to apply now. Um, just because, again, you have more applicants, higher standards, those things kind of are organic in nature with, um, with with having more people interested in the school. You know, the state of North Carolina in itself is is unique because uh, where I live in Winston Salem, you're you're in a great spot because North Carolina is a a big state, but but here in the middle of the state, we're three and a half hours from the beach. I'm in, we're an hour and a half from the mountains. You're you're an hour hour and a half away from you know major cities like Charlotte and Raleigh. And you've got schools in, in all these different areas that offer so many different things. If you want to be an engineer, NC State's a great engineering school. If you want to be go into law, Wake Forest has an amazing law school. If you want to be a teacher or go into business or broadcasting, you know, App State has, has great programs in that area. If you want to go to school at the beach, you've got UNC Wilmington. You've got uh, East Carolina, which is in the eastern part of the state, obviously, and, and they've got tremendous football and, and you can also get great programs there as well. So North Carolina is certainly the big school. You've got small, prestigious private schools like Wake and Duke. You've got so many different options here. And even Campbell and Bowie's Creek has an amazing law school as well. Um, the cool thing about North Carolina is because you have all these different schools and all these different concentrations that in the big cities, you have such a variety of fan bases. Yes, you have a lot of North Carolina and NC State fans. Those are probably the two biggest fan bases statewide. But in the major cities, you've got a bunch of Tar Heel fans. You've got a bunch of App fans, a bunch of NC State fans. Uh, Charlotte, the 49ers are right there. And then you'll have a you know a smattering of people that went to Duke and Wake and Elon and UNC Greensboro and UNC Wilmington. You have such a, um, such a variety of and a diversity of, of backgrounds in terms of where they got their higher education. Um, I think that's one of the unique things about this state is, um, you know, it's not like the state of Georgia where you either go to Georgia or, or maybe Georgia Tech, but you got a lot of bulldog people in, in the state of Georgia. Tennessee, kind of the same way, you know? Yeah. 
it's kind of reminds me of California. I mean, you have so many universities, uh, state schools as well as UCs, but for, for those that are listening and want to know some of the standards, it's 79.5% acceptance rate, which is, I mean, I've been doing this for a while and, and people will start rattling off colleges like Duke. Okay. That's less than 6%. And mm-hmm. And you, you ain't getting into Duke. You're not probably getting into North Carolina from California. I don't care if your unweighted GPA is 3.9 or 4.0 because they all, everyone's applying to these same schools. That's why I try to promote uh, institutions like the Mountaineers because let's just face it, 79% acceptance rate. But more importantly, after that fir- first freshman year, 87% come back. I mean, mm-hmm. retention rate big. And this is something you got to be proud of because I checked out uh, when we're looking at High Point graduation rate obviously you graduated at adam what do you think the graduation rate is at app state is it in the 90s i love your thinking but no it's not in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) had to give it a shot (laughs) (laughs) we're at 71 percent graduation rate i'm not going to bash any other institutions but somewhere like lower than 50 percent i'm still actually reaching out to some of the counselors that promote highly of these institutions and asking why is the graduation rate so low like you know you got you got to graduate forget acceptance rate i tell all parents and students forget acceptance rate you want to talk about retention rate are you going to like enough to come back and then are you going to graduate because obviously you got to like the institution now when you were a student at App State, were you involved? Let's talk about a little bit of the social life. Were you involved in the Greek system at all? Or were you just, we call them GEDs, goddamn individuals, or were you just um, focused on your major, obviously, which led to Learfield and working at uh, in the broadcasting right after graduation? But kind of talk about, you know, for a student, obviously, you talked about game day, tailgating, but the Greek life, how's that at uh, your uh, college? Yeah, it's it's probably not as vibrant as you're going to find at at other schools, but it does exist, and and it has been very rewarding for the people that that were involved there. You know, I I have some friends here locally that were involved in in Greek life, and they speak very highly of their of their time there and, and what they got out of it. Uh, personally, I was not involved in it. My my fraternity was in the media side of things because one of the things that drew me to App State, amongst all the other things in the in the community was that they had a very highly regarded student radio station wasu is uh, a station that's received national awards over the years in 1997 which is when i was in high school uh they received they've got national recognition as station of the year by mtv so uh, college station of the year by mtv and so you know, I knew that there was a good reputation there. I knew there was an opportunity to get involved and I knew they had a sports concentration. They had full, they had sports directors on staff. They broadcasted the football games and the basketball games. They had talk shows. They did all these things that, that could get somebody involved in sports broadcasting right away, which is what I knew I wanted to do when I got to school. And so that was, that was kind of my fraternity, uh, when I got there. So I jumped right into the radio station, jumped right into sports broadcasting, got involved in the play-by-play side of things right from my freshman year, and then spent a good deal of my time with the athletics department as a student being a part of the official radio broadcast. So, you know, the guy that that was doing the football play-by-play before I started doing it, I worked with him when I was a student. He was calling the games. I was doing sideline reporting and I was doing uh, contributions on the broadcast during basketball season and baseball season. And so that's where I would spend all of my time outside of classes or time with my friends that I live nearby. Um, I was really 
you know, uh, light burning the candle at both ends on the on the broadcast side of things. So, yeah, that that was uh, that was a lot of my social life um, outside of classes. And then, you know, just the friendships that I built from day one. And I think the dorms, did you live in the dorms your first few years? Because I, I think since you've been there, they've actually built some new ones. But how, how was the dorm life? And um, obviously they're building and, and that's how colleges thrive. Just that donation and philanthropies to keep on getting bigger and better. And then you keep on winning. You're even going to get more money. But how, how's the, the dorms and the living arrangements, uh, you know, from the low when you're freshman and sophomore compared to being a junior and senior? Yeah, so I lived in the dorms my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I lived in a very small dorm called Coffee Hall. It was actually very close; doesn't exist anymore. They recently tore it down and, and built up another building. Um, but it was a small dorm right near the location where they did college game day before the game against Troy. Um, you know, the people that I that those were those friends that I met day one. The dorm life was was unbelievable. You know, my next door neighbors and the people I lived with are still great friends to this day. Um, you know, my my RA at the time on the floor is is one of my best friends right now as well. He he and I actually ended up living together in an apartment after we left the dorms. So um, I can't say enough about the the dorm life. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have some of my closest friends that I do right now. And so um, very social, very. Uh, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's that culture of people don't really go into their dorm rooms and just close their door and just, you know, take time and, and, you know, don't socialize with people. You would walk down the hallways in our dorm and everybody's, everybody's dorm is open. There's people in other people's rooms, just hanging out, watching movies, listening to music, talking, whatever. Um, that's just the kind of environment that we had there. And, and a lot of the other dorms were similar, just very much an open door type of setting, very friendly, very inviting, inclusive. That's really the kind of thing that stood out to me about living in the dorms there. All right. Things might have changed because you go back there often. What's your favorite place to eat when you're in Boone? Ooh, man. Um, so there, there's a, man, it's hard to pick just one. The place that I went to a lot when I was a student that I really enjoyed going to is called McAdoo's. Um, cause some of the places where I went don't exist anymore. So if I had to pick one that anybody who's listening to this and goes to Boone, um, wants to go and try out McAdoo's was the place I went to a lot. They had this, um, they had this sandwich called the Hindenburg, which is like a, a, a sub that's big enough that you could split it amongst four people. And on Monday nights, they would sell it for half price. And so you'd go and you buy one on Monday night and you could feed yourself for three or four meals during the week. So I enjoyed that, you know, really, uh, you know, cheap beer that you'd go and just have that. They had these amazing desserts, this thing called a cinnamon sensation, which was this cinnamon roll with ice cream that was just, gosh, I would, I, I was going to say I would gain 15 pounds if I ate one of those today. Um, but you know, that college metabolism, man, I, I put it to work in overdrive when I was in school there at a place like McAdoo's. Um, there's other places that, that I miss. Uh, there's a place called Murphy's kind of a dive bar type of feel. Okay. Um, that had doesn't exist anymore, but I, I remember that for, for two reasons. One, the most important reason that's where I met my wife. Uh, we met at that place. And then the second reason is they would have 25 cent wing night that we'd go to and we'd take like a group of people and just get a huge plate of like a hundred wings and just split them up at however we could. So, uh, those are both on the downtown strip in Boone on King street. 
those are really the ones that, that stand out to me in terms of where I would frequent most often when I was in school. Here's a question I always like to ask, because you, you got to take the positive with the negative. What do you not like about App State? What do I not like about App State? Well, I, I think, you know, I'm not really a cold weather person. So the cold, uh, you know, it is cold a lot of times out of the year. And so, um, you know, the summers are fantastic. But when you get to, you know, we're, we're recording this in late September, when you start to get to this time of year, like the, the, the sky starts getting a little more gray, the sun isn't out as much, it starts getting colder. And yeah, it's, it's harder to be outside. And, you know, until you get to the, the ski season, like there's not a ton of things to do outside in the, in the cold weather. And so, um, that's one thing that is tough to adjust to, except, especially for someone like me from, from Florida. And, and the other thing I think that I didn't like, um, when I was in school because of where I was from was, um, you don't really have a major airport close by, you know, the closest airport was Charlotte, which is a two hour drive. And for someone that whose family was in Florida, it's not easy to 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 get back and forth. Like you had to drive two hours, fly out of Charlotte, um, and so yeah, I think not being near a major airport, um, maybe you miss some some big box stores there. Like you have a Walmart, and you have you have other places where you can go buy supplies. But you know, there's no Target. There's there's a small shopping mall there. But um, you know, when I was in school, there really weren't any chain restaurants. But when I was in school, I didn't know the value of local restaurants. You know, I didn't grow up going to a lot of just, you know, hole in the wall local places. And now I appreciate those, appreciate those things. When I was in school, you couldn't buy liquor by the drink. You know, you had to go to the next town over if you wanted a mixed drink. So that has been rectified. But I think like in terms of things that still exist right now, you, you definitely have to be someone that's prepared for the cold weather, like be ready for it to snow in October and it can snow as late as Easter. And then, you know, not being necessarily close to a major airport if you need, if, if your family lives far away or you have reasons why you need to fly somewhere, it's not the easiest thing to do. I always call those, you nailed it right on the spot. I call those two-stop colleges, right? Especially being Southern California mm -hmm. or layover to get, just to get to Madison where my daughter is, it, it's a track, but to go to UW in Seattle, it's a one-stop flight and then you drive 30 minutes. So to get to Charlotte from Southern California, I mean, you're going American unless it's LA to Charlotte, if it's, you got to make a couple stops and then a two hour drive. That, that could be challenging. So I always, I, I speak tonight at a college counseling fair and I talk about that two-stop college and parents are like, I never thought about that. Yeah. Our kids, especially during Thanksgiving or the Christmas holidays. So, well, I've enjoyed having you on the show. Obviously, I'm not the first one to call it the Fun Belt Conference, but after you guys won all those games and then I got to tell you, Adam, we're season ticket holders at UCLA. You have more students and fans at the Rock than at the Rose Bowl. And when <laughs> South Alabama came, I told everyone, I said, I would put money on South Alabama. I go, they're just bound to have another Fun Belt Conference win. And they they almost pulled that one off. But in the East Conference, you got teams like uh, JMU, J James Madison being there for the first time, they're 4-0. And then you have Coastal Carolina, they're 4-0. How are the Mountaineers going to fare? I mean, we're 2-2 two two right now. How are we going to do yeah. Well, we, we, we are coming off at, at, at the time of this recording, we're coming off that, that tough loss to, to JMU. And so we got a, we got a little taste of what this new East division in the Sunbelt conference is going to be like, but you know, the thing that I love about this league, Michael, and, and you bring up UCLA, 
you know, UCLA is on its way to, to the Big Ten. And, you know, you just wonder how the fans really experience something like that when it comes to college realignment, conference realignment. The thing that I love about the Sun Belt is when they decided to expand, they prioritize the things that I think make college football great, which is the regional aspect of it, the rivalries, the, the competing fan bases, all those things that make college football so fun. And so at App State, every team in their, in their division is a drivable game. They don't have to fly to any of their conference games on their side of the division. JMU is a four to five hour drive. Coastal Carolina is a three to four hour drive. Even Georgia Southern, five hour drive. They go to Atlanta, four and a half hour drive. Marshall, four hour drive. Everything is drivable. That brings more fans to the games in person, creates better atmosphere, allows families of student athletes to go see their sons and daughters even more when when they're playing against these teams. And again, I think... To me, the Sun Belt is just a fun league right now because App and JMU has a history. App and JMU means something. App and Marshall means something. Yeah, UCLA's and and others that are going to the to, if they're going to the Big Ten or these other comp when Texas goes to the SEC. Yeah, they're going to play big name schools, but are the fans going to be able to experience it in a, in a similar way? Right. So, you know, I love the fact that we are maximizing rivalries, that we're maximizing fan bases, that we're decreasing the travel, we're decreasing the travel commitments and burden on the athletes and the staff and the coaches and the families that of these athletes. So, yeah, I mean, and it's going to be a tough conference too. I mean, we've seen it. Marshall beats Notre Dame. App State beats Texas A&M. South Alabama is a whisker away from from beating UCLA. This is a really good league, and yeah, it's it's. I think fun, fun Belt is is really catching on because it's not just Fun Belt for the sake of the fact that they play on a weeknight every once in a while. I think it's Fun Belt because it's just going to be a fun league, and the fans are going to get really into it. And it's going to transfer over to basketball. That's what I'm waiting for too. And next year, you know who's coming out to the Rose Bowl from your conference, right? Who's that? Coastal Carolina playing at UCLA. Wow. <laughs> beware, beware the mullets. The mullets will be making their trip to LA. There you go. The Mountaineers. Why should we go to Boone, North Carolina? I mean, App State, I've been following it. I've, I've known you for a little bit. And after that call, I said, I got to have Adam join. So Adam, I appreciate you taking time to join the student manager, always helping high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. Hopefully we put Boone on the map a little bit more and people are going to ask me like, that was a great little interview and great podcast. Thank you very much. Good luck the rest of the season. Go Mountaineers, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael. Go out.